it has been hell on earth. We had to skip last week's episode because everybody was dealing with traumatic situations. And my big thing was my big dumb dog, Stella, I let her outside and all I did, literally all I did was go around the corner of the house and get her water bowl. Because my dogs are inside dogs. They just go outside when I get home so they can run their energy out. And I always got to make sure they've got water out there. Well, I turned around and she was limping. And I looked at her leg. And she had two extremely large cuts in it. So she had to have emergency surgery the next morning. There was no way I was taking her to some kind of vet ER. Because it was going to be $500 just to walk to the door. So... I messaged a veterinarian friend of mine. I said, uh, is this okay to wait till in the morning? She said, yes. I can tell through the picture that no ligaments or veins or anything like that have been cut. And she's not even bleeding. So, yes, she'll be fine. So, I had to take her up there. She had to have emergency surgery. It cost me a couple hundred dollars. I've been going through hell at work. And I'm going to tell you the only thing that has made me even make it this week is that I have had tater tots coming in there all week long. Okay. I have had them dropping flowers off. I have had them dropping gifts off. I have had them showing up. I've had them buying furniture. I mean, they, they have been in that store this week showing me the biggest pile of love I could ever receive. And I am so grateful for that. Uh, I, Y'all, I'm so grateful for that. I don't even know what to do. And they get so excited. Like yesterday, I had a married couple come in there. And I, when I tell you the husband was more excited than the wife, it was hilarious. He, I thought listen i thought he was about to jump up and down he was like oh my god i love you to death we came in here we've been at the beach all weekend and we're driving back to new orleans and we just wanted to come and see you both of them the cutest thing and the wife is pregnant with their first baby so i wish them a happy healthy blessing of a baby i didn't ask her how far along she was because quite frankly she didn't even look pregnant i had no idea until she said something she was cute as a button i don't know but I, I have been slammed. I've been overwhelmed. I have just not been having a good week, week and a half. But we are glad to be back on the podcast. So welcome all you tater tots, all of our listeners and new people and lovers of the world. We are going to be talking about something very important today. And if let's see, I, I know that I need to be courteous about trigger warnings. So I do need to probably put one out there if we're going to talk about any kind of sexual assault or sexual harassment, whether that is anywhere, workplace, school, I don't care if you're in Walmart, you know, it it could literally happen anywhere and it can happen at any moment of your life, actually. So if you feel that you may be triggered by hearing other stories, you may not want to be listening to this podcast, and we certainly understand, and you can check back in with us on next Saturday's episode. Um, I want to go, I want to talk about, I want to talk about me for a minute, because I'm, I'm conceited, and all I want to do is talk about myself. I'm just, <laughs> um, I'm just, I'm just going to go in, I'm just going to go in, and I'm just going to talk about it. Um. When I went through my divorce with my first husband, I lost my mind. 
I was running around acting like a Jezebel. Okay. And if you don't know what a Jezebel is, you're going to have to Google it because I ain't got time to, to tell you all about it. <laughs> Just listen okay. to last week's episode. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, I, okay, it's hard to explain. Okay, so my first baby, my son Gibson, is not my other children's father's son, okay? I got pregnant by my high school sweetheart who ended up breaking my heart after I loved him so much. After I was three months pregnant, he broke up with me. So, and then we were never together because I met my first husband at 18, got married, and started my life. Well, when I was going through my divorce... Here pops in my son's dad in my life again. I really don't even remember how it happened. That part just really don't matter. But we were going to give it another try. You know, we were older now, more responsible. We were in our 20s. And, you know, things can look a lot different than they do in high school. And we got into an argument. No, no, no. Let me let me get to that part. That's That's a little later. Okay. We decided to go out and have a little fun. We were going to go out, have some drinks, meet some friends, just have a good time. So somehow another, uh, we get into an argument about something. I think he was ready to go, and then I wasn't ready to go. I think it was something as simple as that, actually. And he left me at this club, okay? Got mad, takes the keys, and leaves me at this club. And I remember sitting at the bar talking to the bartender and having a drink. And I think my friends had already left by then. And, you know, at this point I'd, I'd had a few drinks in. And I remember these two guys, or at least one at this time, sitting next to me at the bar. And I'm going to tell you how careless I was. Very careless. This right here was so not right. But I would leave my drink at the bar and go to the restroom. Leave the drink at the bar unattended and go to the restroom like a crazy person. That's what I did. And I'd went to the restroom probably five times because when you're drinking, you've got to pee pee a lot. And all I remember, and this is it. So if anybody asks any questions about it, I don't, I don't know what to tell you because I, I can't tell you anything. But I remember me telling this person, this this person, okay, next to me at the bar, telling him that my boyfriend got mad and he left me there and I didn't have a way home. And I remember him saying, oh, well, I can take you home because I, I, at the moment I was literally a traffic light or two up the road from the club is where I lived. Um, and after I said that, I could not tell you how I walked out of the club. I couldn't tell you what vehicle I got into. I could not tell you anything because the only memory I have is at the moment sitting at the bar telling this person these things. And then the very sec, the very sec, I mean, the very next memory after that is me being woke up from this person in a strange home, in a strange room with no clothes on. And when I got woke up, I was very disoriented, very disoriented. Everybody knows you are not really disoriented after you've, you know, gotten drunk the night before. Okay. You know, you, you don't feel good. You got a headache, you want to sleep or whatnot. 
but you don't wake up and and not really know who you are, know where you live, know anything. You 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 know these things, okay? So I remember saying the words, "Who are you?" And he said, "I'm so and so," but I couldn't tell you who the so and so was because I don't remember, and I don't I, I don't even know if that was his real name. And he said, "You're in my house, and you can get dressed. I'm going to take you home now." That's that's what he said. And then I kind of leaned up and I looked around and then he finds my clothes and throws them on the bed. And I grabbed them and I ran to the bathroom like as fast as I could. And I got my clothes on and we walked out to the car and I got in the car and nobody said a word the entire time to my apartment complex. Okay. Until we got in the parking lot and he said, which way are we going? And I, and I was so distraught. I was so afraid. I did not. Let me. Okay. People are probably going to wonder why didn't I ask questions? Why didn't I investigate? Why didn't, let me tell you why. Because I'm in a vehicle with somebody that in my mind, I've never seen before, even though I was at a bar in the same vicinity as this person. Okay. But in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, if I say something, is he going to get scared thinking I'm going to press charges and then just murder me down a side road? You have no idea the fear that was going through my mind. Like absolute fear. I was so scared, so scared. And I didn't even, I, I told him which apartment complex it was, but I didn't want to. I didn't want him to, I didn't want him to know actually, uh, what apartment it was because I was so afraid. I was, I was y'all, I can't even like, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting sick to my stomach right now. Talk about a trigger warning. I think I'm triggering my own dad himself, but I'm getting sick to my stomach, even thinking about this night because I, I hadn't thought about this in years actually, because I, I block out things that have traumatized me. That's why Mm -hmm. I don't really remember a lot of things that happened to me as a child because they were so traumatic that I I, I can't even remember them anymore. If I tried to, I probably could. But so I get far and he, he doesn't say he doesn't say anything. And I shut the door and I walk a totally different direction than where my original true apartment is. I walk a totally different direction. Uh, and then I walk inside and I go in the in the restroom and I literally just start examining myself. Okay. Like examining every single inch of my body, trying to find out is there marks on it? Does something not look right? Um, you, you know, I just... But anything, anything that would give me an idea of what happened in that house that night. You know, I didn't find anything, you know, on my on my body, I would say. But I know after my and, and I hope this is OK to say, but I know after my own personal examination, I know that I was sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. While I was most likely drugged be through my drink, you know, I, I truly believe that something happened due to that because 
back then I could, I was I, I actually still today. I'm not a person that, that, uh, cannot handle alcohol. It, it, ta- it would have to take me so much for me to be a drunk person. I, I don't know. I've always been that way. So I've, I've, I've only been drunk maybe twice in my life and I'm 39 years old because I, I'm not a lightweight. I don't know why I'm just not, it's just how I am. So I know for a fact that before things changed, I had only had three drinks at that time. There was no way three drinks would have done this to me because everybody knows each drink that you get at a club is only one shot of liquor. Okay. Sometimes it is a half a shot of liquor. It just depends on where you're getting it from. So that's technically three shots of whatever alcoholic beverage, which I think it was a sex on the beach back then. Cause that was my thing. Um, so technically it was only three shots of liquor. Okay. So I, I know, I know for a fact something happened to me. But the scariest thing about it is that I don't remember anything. And I don't have any recollection. You know what? I don't have any thoughts or memories or anything of what happened to me. So I will go the rest of my life not knowing if it was one person or if it was another one. Or I I know absolutely nothing. And that right there is a scary place to be in. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah. After that happened to me, you know, I got myself together. I completely, I mean, I broke up with, with, with my boyfriend at the time. I got a job. I completely changed my life around because I thought this is, this could happen to me again. I don't need to do this. I don't need, you know, there were so many, it it scared me into realization that the things that I was doing in my life needed to change. There, There should have been no reason why I was a single person, a single woman at a club by myself. Okay. I'm not saying that I put myself in that situation. No, I did not. That Nobody puts their self in that situation. Okay. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying I should have had somebody with me. So like the older I got and the older my daughter became, those type of conversations started to come up then. Like I would always tell my daughter, please don't go anywhere without having a girlfriend. I don't care if it's five of y'all. Don't leave and do this. Do not put your drink down. Do not. I mean, I have been overly crazy about that with her to make sure to do my part to make sure that something like that doesn't happen to her. Because y'all, it it's scary. And when I tell you I have not thought about this for many years until I touched on this on one of my lives one night, okay? And then I'm thinking about it right now. I literally have blocked this entire ordeal out of my memory. So, Rissa, I really want to ask you, is that something that happened? And you do you actually block it out of your memory? So it's funny that you mentioned this because I was talking about this with my therapist today. Um, Not this specific topic, but about like my childhood and we were talking about she asked me some things and I was like I honestly can't remember and I was like is that normal and she said yeah like that um like it is normal for people if something traumatizing has happened to them to kind of block it out and not like remember the details 
and it like goes back to like your brain like left brain left brain right brain thinking a lot of people will go to the left brain in that situation because it's more logical and the right brain is more like emotional and like wanting to like know the story right so your brain kind of like decides I'm just not going to remember this and I asked her I was like well, I really want to like dive into like things that I have forgotten. And she was like, well, it's not. And she made me feel better. because She goes, it's not even really about the the thing that happened. It's more about how can you prevent your brain from continuing to go into this fight or flight mode or going into this shutdown mode anytime that something similar happens and like processing it a different way instead of just like, shutting it down so it's very very common for people who have gone through something traumatic to to block it out in their memory well you know I tried to remember things about my dad growing up and I have a hard time doing that because it's like I can't remember anything because that was was intertwined with my mother Mm -hmm. oh I don't I don't know if that makes sense but yeah I really feel like that's what it is and it's it's annoying I would like to remember the good moments for sure but it's very difficult for me to do like very difficult and then here's the I could be doing absolutely nothing absolutely nothing and then a memory pops up in my mind it's mm-hmm. it, it's crazy but yeah. I would like to know like honestly what the statistics are for women and experiencing any kind of sexual assault do do we know that have we even looked at that like what the actual like is it one out of every five one out of every ten does anybody know i'd like to know um i don't know but i can find out i feel like it's probably pretty high because i think that um I think a lot of time, oh, I found something. It says every 68 seconds, an American is sexually assaulted. Every nine minutes, that victim is a child. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my. That's that's insane. So it says, like, nearly one in five women have experienced or completed, um, experienced completed or attempted rape during their lifetime. Oh, my. This is, this is so serious. Yeah. So serious. I know this. I know that a lot of states are cracking down on the punishment mm-hmm. for kinds of crimes, which I commend them on that. Not <clears throat> just women, but on children as well. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's. I'm glad to see that. I'm glad that changes are being made because it, it, this. Okay, being. being a victim and a survivor of sexual assault is horrific. Yeah. And there are beautiful women and brave women and just uh, uh, the women of the world. There are children that are, their innocence is being robbed from them. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they, they never, end up being the same they're 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 it just it molds them into something that they never should have become do you know it it just torments them for the rest of their life i I can't even imagine and it's 
it's so sad that these things happen every single day to all ages of people around the world. That is so sad. And we are a friend group. Okay. The three of us. Mm-hmm. And with statistics like that, you know, I'm not shocked that more than one of us has experienced that part, you know, of dealing with something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, you know, you guys are comfortable with talking about your story, but I know that I would like to know about it. I would like to hear about it. I would like to understand what you went through, what you did to get through it, how you are today with it. If y'all are okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Rissa, I want you to tell me about you. That's what I want to know. Okay. So mine um, is a little bit different because looking back at the situation, I feel like I was more groomed, um, groomed into the situation that happened to me. It wasn't at a, well, it was, it ended up. mm, Okay. So I ended up actually trying to date this person after he assaulted me because I felt so guilty for having sex with him because what happened was we had a similar friend group we all decided to go out one night to a bar um I at the time was still a virgin and I thought he was my friend and we you know drank a lot and I remember one thing from that night before I left my girlfriends were leaving separately from this male friend and my one of my girlfriends came up to me and said don't let him take your virginity like make sure that you know like are you sure you want to go home with him and I was like yes like I want to go home with him I'm fine like I haven't I'm good And then I remember like being in the car on the way to his apartment and thinking something isn't right. But at that time I was like so confused because I really hadn't been drinking that much like up to that point. Like I had just started going out and drinking with friends at this point. And I remember getting to his apartment. I remember the exact song that was playing. I remember like details that are just ridiculous. I remember everything, but I felt like I wasn't in my body, if that makes any sense. Um, And then it happened. And the next morning I went back to my dorm and I went and I took a shower and I remember just crying like so hard in the shower and thinking like, I didn't want that to happen. Then I didn't want to do that. And I remember thinking, well, the only way I can fix this is if I date him and the, and the, the older I get and look back on that situation, the more I, that he definitely took advantage of me. And I think it was like a pre um, like, it was like a predetermined thing that was going to happen for him. I think he did a good job of making me feel comfortable with him before we went out with our, our group of friends. He made me feel like I could trust him. He made me feel like we friends and he knew my story he knew at that time in my life he knew that I was a virgin and that I wanted to save myself for marriage he knew that 
at that point in my life, that was what I wanted to do. Was that your goal? Was that something you always wanted to do? Was wait until you were married? Well, I, I grew up in a very conservative household and it was kind of beat into my brain that that was the only way, you know? So at that point, I still just like thought that that was normal. Like I thought that was what I wanted. Um, and so I still am affected by this whole situation because I went into this, into this thought process of, well, it won't be bad that this happened. If I date him, it won't be bad if this happened, if we get married, it won't be bad if this happened, if we end up together forever. Like I almost like was trying to justify it, even though now that I'm older and looking back, I know what happened wasn't right. Um, you, you, what you absolutely were trying to justify it. Absolutely. Yeah. So I ended up actually like, I wouldn't even say we ever dated. I, in my brain said that we were dating, but in his brain, he definitely still took advantage of me over the course of like a year um, because he wasn't just sleeping with me. He was sleeping with other girls and he was, he just completely brainwashed me into thinking that we were going to be together forever. And I also brainwashed myself. And so I don't think that that's talked about a lot. I don't think that people talk about the sexual abuse that can happen with in a relationship and that wasn't even like a relationship I thought it was but it wasn't you know like it happens in marriages it happens in in relationships all the time where where men and women I mean either one are are forced into these situations Mm -hmm. so it has really messed me up um like it messed me up throughout the rest of my college years. Um, it's one reason I got pregnant out of wedlock um, because I was just very promiscuous and would go and drink all the time. And I got to the point where I just didn't care. I had already lost my virginity. So why did it matter? And um, you know, it's just so devastating looking back. Like, and that's something that I've been doing a lot lately is like trying to like, trying to remember those times. I think it was probably ages like, I was probably like 19 when that happened. So like my age from like 19 to 21 was probably the most trauma I went through as far as relationships go, like with men, like with people in that, in that sense, because I have, I can probably count on my hands how many times during those two years where I was taken advantage of by the opposite sex um that's most of the time it was because of alcohol and I'm not saying that's an excuse but like that is one reason why I think for me at least alcohol became a problem in my life because when I drank, I was not like you, Opie. I I didn't stop. Like I can't just have one beer. I can't just have one margarita. And especially back then, because I was so depressed and so I had zero self-confidence because this guy had totally ruined me. Um, And it's just, 
heartbreaking because I never got the closure from that situation. Like I still haven't gotten really, I wouldn't say I feel like I've gotten closure and, and a lot of times, like, this is something I want people to really hear is like, never compare your trauma to someone else's trauma, because then you're not going to feel like your trauma is enough or real enough or valid enough, because that's something I would always do, too, is I would always be like, well, I did. It wasn't just a one one night thing. Like, I didn't like I didn't um, like he didn't hurt me physically. You know, like I, I would, I would compare my story to other survivors' stories, and it made me feel like what I went through wasn't as bad. But that's just not the case. It was still bad, just you know different. Since you said that, I did the same thing. I would sit there and tell myself, "Well, I don't remember anything. It's a possibility that something didn't happen." I was yeah, justified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I. I yeah. I get it. How, but today, through it, through everything, how does it affect you today? Like, or or have you worked through um, a lot? Because I can tell you this, I already told you how. What, what I mean, I blocked it out of my mind, so I don't think about it. You know, right. I don't think about it. Um, but for someone who doesn't do that, how have you been able to cope through some of those memories and realizations about what was going on back then? I think like I have a lot like I have a lot of anger towards my family for not teaching me like these things you know like they just kept me so sheltered um so I'm I'm angry because I wasn't educated in the situation I'm sad because it could have been prevented um and unfortunately not only him, but with my other relationships, especially my, my last marriage, it became this, this ideal in my head that sex was a transaction and that sex was this like way to, I wouldn't say manipulate, but like withhold it. Or if, if my partner makes me mad, like I withhold it or if, or if they really want it and I'm afraid they're going to cheat on me, I'll just do it. Even if I don't want to, it became this like idea of a transaction rather than something that's just supposed to be part of a relationship and like intimate and, and enjoyable. And so I will say like, I've worked on that a lot, but I still have moments where in my current relationship, where if we don't have sex or if, or if something happens, I feel like he's going to leave me. Or I feel like he's going to cheat. Like, it's still that, like, negative mind effect of, like, well, if I don't do this for him, he's going to find someone else to do it for him. And, like, it's that it's terrible. Like, why? Like, why is that a thing? It's because these other people that I were, I was with previously made it that way. And it's just sad because, um, you know, it's, you just kind of have to reprogram your brain, which is really hard when you've had repeated experiences of the same type. Lissa, what, uh, and I, I hate, I'm going to, this is going to just tear me up if you say yes to this, but are you part of the 97%? So I don't know if it would count because nothing actually happened to me, but it was more of a like what could have happened or what was making its way to happen. 
if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that that is definitely something we need to talk about because I think there's also that sexual um, harassment aspect. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. So I got my first job when I was 16 at this retirement mall. Uh, I worked at a little bakery. And we worked alone because you'd get, like, maybe five customers a night. It wasn't. Lisa, I'm sorry. Yeah. What the hell is a retirement mall? Is that a Canada thing? I was like, <laughs> I don't know what that is, but I'm not going to interrupt her. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, we have, like, spaces, like, places in the city where there's a lot of retirement homes grouped into one area. Mm-hmm. So, the people that live in those retirement homes, if they're able to take care of themselves and, like, go off and do their own kind of thing, the mall is accessible to them so they can go to that specific mall without going too far out of their way or... How yeah. convenient that you people have for the elderly over there in Nanada, okay? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean... Nanada for a reason. That's amazing. That's actually that is really cool. I I would so appreciate that for my loved ones. I really would. Yeah, go Nana. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So I worked there, and we worked like we worked alone. The people in the morning shifts they would have, um, it was two people per shift in the mornings. But I worked at night. Uh, we closed them all at eight o'clock because they're retired. They're going to bed at seven p.m. Um. But when you're in Canada, I don't know if over there it gets dark at like 3 p.m. in the winter. So it was very far from my house. I didn't drive, um, couldn't afford a taxi. So I would take the bus. So I'm standing at the bus late at night, working alone at my shifts. And I kind of like just thought that the guy was being nice. He was a regular customer. Everybody said he was just super respectful. It was how he was. Like, when I told my boss about it the first time, he's like, well, oh, he's, that's just how he is. He's nice. Um, so he would kiss your hand and he would hold your hand for just too long. And that didn't really bother me as much. But as I started working there longer um, and as I, like, got to know him more, he would come over to the counter more and he'd hold my hand for longer or he'd sit at the table across from where I was working and just stare at me. And it got to the point where I was terrified to go to the bus stop because from 4 p.m. when I got there to 8 p.m. when I left, he would be sitting there looking at me. And um, I I would call my boss and he would drive down to the mall just so he could pick me up and drive me to the bus stop. Uh, but then at some, at one point he couldn't do that. He was out of town or something. And I went to the bus stop and the guy followed me there. He stood at the bus stop, stared at me until I got on the bus. He's, he got on the bus as well for a few stops and then got off and continued staring at me as we were driving away. So he continued to do that. And then I brought it up to my boss again and he kind of just dismissed it, which, I was like, okay, well, maybe I am overreacting. Maybe nothing is going to happen. Maybe he's just looking out for me. Mm-mm-mm. No, that's not what he was doing. Nobody looks out for you in that, not in that way. And right. No, not acting like a full-on stalker. Exactly. And I was young and he's like, I don't know, he was probably 70. 
Oh. So I remember calling the police because my boss wouldn't do anything about it. And I did not feel safe leaving them all. Um, so I called the police. They come into work to talk to me. And they're like, oh, well, nothing. Like, we can't really do anything about it because he hasn't done anything to you. Um, so a few weeks go by and he's still continuing to do it. So, um, I don't know how it led to this, but somehow he found my phone number. I didn't give not, I did not give it out to him. Somehow he found my phone number. And at that point I was like, okay, this is terrifying. Like, I don't know what's going to happen next. Is he going to find my address? Like what's going on? So I would just continue telling my boss, like, hey, look, he's really freaking me out. Can you please do something about it? Um, nothing was ever done about it, but I just kept thinking, like, I he was dismissing me, and I thought that I was being crazy for even thinking that something was going to happen to me. But the thing is, I don't know what could have happened to me. Well, I would rather be wrong than right. Exactly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I would yeah. rather be wrong than right. So whatever happened, did he just end up leaving you alone? Oh, I quit the place because I didn't feel safe. Oh, man. It was that bad that you had yeah. to quit? Yeah, I quit. Well, my little sister actually started working there, and he started doing it to, hit to her as well. And oh, at that point, my boss would start doing something about it because she was – too young to even be working. He was paying her under the table. So I was like, look, if you're not gonna like do something about this, she's not working here anymore. I don't care. And so he would start doing things about it, but he didn't like go out of his way to make sure that it wouldn't happen again. He would just talk to him and then the guy would leave, but then the next night he'd come back. So I just, I quit. And then my sister quit because we didn't feel safe and my mom didn't want us busing home alone at night and yeah they didn't seem to care enough that is really scary that's you know that's why if you're in a workplace and you are higher up like manager or hr or operations or whatever Mm -hmm. and an employee comes to you and says this is what's going on you better listen to it oh exactly regardless if you know the person to be this nice person and would never do that, you don't know what anybody does behind closed doors. Okay. Nobody does. I mean, you just cannot take a a guess at anything anymore because things happen every single second like this. Mm -hmm. So if somebody is telling you what is happening to them and they are afraid that something worse is going to happen to them, then y'all, you better listen up. That's all. You know, I'm an operations manager. I have never experienced that. I have never experienced somebody coming to me and saying, hey, this is what's going on. This employee is doing this. And I'm I'm really afraid and I don't feel comfortable. I've never experienced that, thank goodness. But if I ever did, I mean, th- I would do anything and everything I could to protect that person in in my facility eight hours a day, as much as they were in my control, I would do what I could to protect them. That goes yeah. for anybody in any situation, actually. And like, I took that with me to my next job too, because I was a manager at my second job and there was a lot of my staff were teenage girls. 
And they would come to me crying all the time saying that this guy was following them to the bus stop or they didn't feel safe at school. So I was made sure that they knew that I was going to protect them no matter what. Right. Because nobody did that for me. Yeah, because you you know how it feels. Yeah. Definitely know how it feels to not have somebody have your back with that. It's very scary. Yeah. It's so scary. That is really scary. I'm so sorry that happened. Here we are, the three of us, and and just the three of us alone have dealt with some aspect of harassment or sexual assault or grooming. And I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty terrible. I just know that if, if I had, you know, you know what, if I were to tell myself, you know, my 22 year old self back then, um, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think about what, what I would tell myself. Number one, don't put yourself in it. Do, Do anything that you can to keep yourself protected. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you're going out with the girlfriends, nobody leave anybody alone anywhere. You go to the bathroom together and you take your dadgum drinks with you. You know, if you want to, you know, do not take rides from people. I, I don't care if you're stranded on the side of the road, you and your friend, Sally, you do not get in a car with somebody you don't know. You can call it Uber. Everybody's got a cell phone. Everybody's got means of transportation in that other kind of way. Today's times is not like it used to be. And it is far worse than what it ever was years ago when these things were happening. And right. now they're happening more because of social media and because of the internet. People are luring children out of their home at night in the middle of the night. It's, it's I mean, anything can happen. So my advice would to be, if anything that's in your control, be safe about it, you know, yeah. literally be safe about it. Don't you just, honestly, I don't even want to go nowhere alone. I'm going to tell you what, I don't like going to the grocery store. When I get out of the grocery store and I put the groceries in the car, I jump in my vehicle so fast and lock the door because I always think something terrible is going to happen to me. Yep. Even though I'm always packing, I am a second amendment you know, believer, because I believe that we should be protecting ourselves and our families and we should have the right to do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But still, I don't want to have to, I don't want to have to do that. Exactly. I mean, my gosh, you know, if you are dealing with, you know, you've just experienced something like this or something like this happened five years ago most important thing you are not alone that that is that is so important for you to know you are you are not alone we are out here you just got to find us you know uh, we've always we say this in every episode all you need is one special person in your life where you can trust your thoughts with your conversations with what you're feeling in the inside what your what you know direction your mind is going that day you know, if you start to have a bad day because all day long, that's what you've been thinking about, you know, call that one special person, get them to come over. You guys go get out of the house, go do something together, go get a nice coffee, you know, find something that'll help you. Anything that'll take your mind off of it, even for just that day, even for just that day. So you can have a little peace. I'm also a firm believer in therapy. 
100%. I have been in it myself. It is extremely helpful. Um, I'm also a firm believer in yoga. I don't do it, but I know it helps people. <laughs> I love yoga. I just, I, I've just started doing yoga again and I'm actually going tomorrow morning and it is, I mean, it is, I'm not flexible by any means. I am tall and awkward looking, but it, I'm five, nine. There, Marissa, what do you know? How ridiculous we are gonna look? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a giant. Listen, oh, they we're both gonna tower over you. Listen, my forehead is <laughs> your boobie. <laughs> and Lisa, and that's without heels. How tall are you, Lisa? Five seven. What? Yeah. I thought oh. Lisa was short. I thought no. you were short too. No. <laughs> okay, Lisa, you look super small in your video. Yeah, you do. Do I? Yeah. You look like a gecko. <laughs> I thought you, you were gonna be short. No. Oh my that is now see, I don't even believe it now. I'm Listen, tall. We're gonna tower over you. Five nine. Rissa, how tall is, is, is your fiance? He's about six foot. <laughs> now, see, I thought Austin was short. I mean, he is so short. He is short. Like, I can't wear like high heels around. Like, if we go out, like, I have to wear like small heels or like flats. Rissa, my husband is five. <laughs> I can't believe you over here telling me your fiance that's like almost six foot. Time I'm like, oh, short. He's short. Okay, well, my ex-husband was 6'6", six, six, so. Oh, yes. Are, are yeah. the boys tall? Oh, yeah. Max is, like, to my chin. And Oliver's, like, to my shoulder. Okay, He's so probably apparently, taller than you, okay? wait a minute. Now I, I'm the boy's height. I'm the same. Probably. <laughs> that is so Max funny. might be taller than you. <laughs> <laughs> This is so funny. I'm really shocked that Lisa's five seven though. I am too. I, I really she was thought... like five two. No, no. I... girl, I was thinking she was four nine. <laughs> As if. <laughs> anyway, um, th this is what we are going to do for you guys. Uh, we are going to put some links on my website, shoelover ninety nine dot com. Lisa is going to put some links on there that if you're needing a little help with how you're feeling lately and how to deal with these kinds of things uh we are going to put some links on there so hopefully by the time you guys hear this episode miss lissa will already have found the best ones to put on there mental health is important rissa is in school right now to become a therapist and she now has a new tiktok that is solely devoted to learning and listening about mental health and her tiktok what is it? What they call it? Addy? <laughs> Addy. Okay. You can find her new TikTok and please follow her. I I immediately started following the second I knew she did this. And it's actually very helpful. 60 seconds to three minute videos from the messy therapist. Okay. That is the TikTok. Addy. I'm trying to be nice. Addy. <laughs> uh, so please make sure you go and follow her. You will 
a whole lot. So I'm so glad that we can use Rissa's knowledge through our podcast because I know that on each episode, I have definitely learned some stuff because of Rissa, and I appreciate you for that. So I do hope that our listeners can learn a little something too. But, I mean, who knew? Who knew the three of us were in some way some part of the 97% that just makes us closer than ever, and that goes for all of our listeners too. We are always with you. You know, I think about you guys more than I think about myself sometimes. So I do appreciate you all. And we will see you guys next Saturday. We got some fun things playing. So bye. We love y'all. Bye. Bye.